What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Friday, June 23rd. I wrote 22nd on the screen, but it is the 23rd. Um, We're one day after the NBA draft, and today on the show, we will be discussing the NBA draft. Last week was the first week that I've missed doing a podcast for a really long time, so I promised two. But what I didn't tell everybody is that I actually have a guest on today, and joining us now is Matt Lukens. He is Matt Portlin on Twitter. He is a contributor to the Indiana HQ account, and he is also a co-host of the Big Ten Coast to Coast podcast. Matt, thank you so much for coming on today. Hey, thanks for having me on, Ken. Um, it's always nice to like pick other people's brains about college basketball. I just enjoy shooting the shooting the stuff with other people talking sports. So. Uh, I feel free to always ask me to have me on because it's always so much fun just to sit here and talk with anybody. I love it too, man, because I've been interviewing a lot of people uh, this month about, you know, preseason football stuff and like that, all that stuff's coming up. But at my heart, I love basketball even more. So I'm glad that we can take a step back and talk hoops right now, man. Absolutely. All right. So today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, who got drafted, the seven guys that got drafted out of the Big Ten. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk a little bit about what you do, though. Um, on your Twitter, it says you're a contributor for the Indiana HQ. I'm not going to lie. I'm not positive what that is. I do know what Big Ten Coast to Coast is. I've listened to that show many times. So um, tell everybody a little bit about what you do and kind of what got you into doing this in the first place. Uh, it's a whole funny story how I got into doing this. But basically, this, the quick synopsis, so we're not here for 30 minutes, is that I was once dating this girl um, and she had like a bunch of other roommates and all the guys would just end up like end up in the common room together talking sports instead of hanging out with our girlfriends. <laughs> so our girlfriends got together, put their brains together. and were like, hey, just do a podcast. So you don't end up doing that. And that is how the Hoosier Sound and then Indian HQ was born. And I did that for a couple of years and then brought on Ant Wright. Then I, you know, played a couple of games of Among Us with him, and now I have a podcast with him. That's how Big Ten Coast to Coast was was, was born. So thanks to my ex-girlfriend and Among Us. I was just going to say, any story that starts out was with I was dating this girl and then kind of ends with Among Us, man. That's a great story. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's fun. It's it was it's a very, been a very windy road, but now I feel like there's like a straight path on this. and um, I just enjoy waking up every morning and just talking sports to everybody. Well, you're a great follow on Twitter. For anyone that's watching on YouTube, his Twitter account is right there, right in front of his name. It's at MDLukens101. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Making yes, sure sir. I got that right for you. Um, but let's jump into this, man. I don't want to keep you all night. Uh, let's talk about the Big Ten guys that got drafted yesterday. I'm going to try not to go crazy right now because on my last show, I said, and I tweeted about it a million times, and I'm not mad about it. I'm upset that I was wrong. But I thought, and I still believe in my heart that Jet Howard should have never been drafted in the first place. I said that he should definitely not be the first Big Ten player drafted. And then last night the show comes on and I said he should never sniff the top 10. These are all things that I said. And he did everything that I said he shouldn't be doing. He got picked number 11. He's going to Orlando. The Orlando Magic have such a hard on for Michigan players. I don't know what's happening with that. And... Jet is going to the Magic, and the Orlando Magic will have another losing season next year. What are your thoughts about how high he got drafted? Why? I just don't. I I don't fully understand it. Can you please talk me off the ledge? 
No, in fact, I'm going to send you more off the ledge. Um, I don't understand it either, to be honest with you. And it's funny enough, I was in a playback.tv last night with Ant. Um, I was working, but also like had it on my, because I work the front desk at the hotel here in Zion National Park. So like I had it on a separate like tab. I was like tabbing forth and I was like away from the computer. I come back and like Jet Howard, like pick 11. I was like, what? It's just a terrible, it's a terrible, it's actually legitimately the only situation that I don't like for the player. Like out of all the seven guys drafted for the Big Ten last night, he might be the only situation I don't like. They already have another Michigan small forward right on the roster. You have two way better shooting guards. If you're going to even want to play them at the two, way better two guards already on the roster. You have he just drafted Anthony Black, who's like a six foot eight point guard. So he's going to play on that wing position, but handle the ball. So he's not going to play with him either. It's like, why, why draft him? I, 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 I don't understand. And then you already have like a billion mission guys there, anyways. You have the the Wagner brothers, and now you have him. And it's like, I, I just personally, I don't understand it from Orlando's perspective. I, I thought it was a reach. I, I think Orlando probably could have traded down and got him at like. 18 19 even i i wasn't one of those guys that, that didn't think he was going to get drafted i thought he was going to drafted just based off of potential alone because there, there's serious potential there right but the way he played at michigan after the first four games and after that first preseason game was extremely uninspiring to everyone including michigan fans who didn't want him playing and thought the team was better when he wasn't playing they were right they and they were right. They're like statistically, they were better on offense and defense when he was not playing. Were they more fun to watch? No. But you know, that's that's a whole other issue. So I I'm surprised. I personally thought Kobe Bufkin was going to be the first Big Ten player drafted because I thought he has the highest potential out of all the Big Ten players. I think he has even higher potential than Jet, his own teammate. Um, but I, I just think it was wild the situation and the pick that he got drafted at last night. I'm, I'll, I'll never not be confused about it. I don't know why they did it. Um, I do want to talk about Kobe. He's obviously the next guy that got picked. But before we do that, you mentioned his defense and Michigan's defensive stats when he wasn't there. That was one of the most frustrating things to watch as I used to coach high school basketball. So, like, I was big on defense. I couldn't stand watching Jet Howard on defense. I think that I could probably put together, like, a 20-minute mixtape of him missing assignments, being in the wrong spot not doing what he's supposed to do defensively. And I just don't understand how Orlando or any NBA scouts missed that part of it. I guess they're just so focused on his offensive potential, as you were saying. Um, did, were you seeing the same thing I was seeing this year, or am I crazy? No, his his defense was to the point – like it was so frustrating to a point that I genuinely hope he was just injured. <laughs> right and trying to play through injury right like because it was lackadaisical at best yeah i agree there was like I, no effort there was there was no effort put into it at all and it's like you're playing for your dad at your dad's alma mater at a place that's supposed to love you and your dad's name should be hanging in the rafters right like you should be putting effort on every single play and it felt like when he was on defense he was putting maybe 10 percent in yeah, it was really confusing. It was very, very confusing. He cost them some games this year, and I, I just don't – I don't really see – I don't see the pick. I, I obviously knew he was going to get drafted. I read enough to know that he was going to get drafted. I just saw him – I also saw him play defense a lot last year, and I felt like 
if you only looked at that, there's no way he should have been. But I understand he does have offensive potential. A guy that did play defense for Michigan last year, though, was Kobe. He was the next guy uh, that got drafted. Probably, like you were saying, should have been maybe the first guy in the Big Ten. I thought it should have been Jalen Hood-Shafino should have been the first pick from the Big Ten. But Kobe ends up going number 15 to Atlanta. I'm not a big NBA guy. I don't know what Atlanta has. Is he going to play right away, or is that a roster that he's going to be coming off the bench and uh, – We'll be playing years down the road. No, he's gonna be coming off the bench. I think Atlanta has a pretty loaded roster um, at all spots. Honestly, they really underperformed last year. Um, again, that was a team that was, I believe, in the East Finals two years ago, um, and then go to last year. I don't even think they made the playoffs, which is, or, or they made the play-in games, I believe, and, and ended up not making the playoffs. Um, no, they made the playoffs. They're like a low seed. Either either way, they, they underperformed this year, regardless of, of whatever happened in the regular season. I I Kobe is not going to play significant minutes for that team, but that staff and that organization develops players. Okay. So that's why I like that spot for him. He's going to get playing time off the bench, um, probably in replace like to replace Trey Young when he comes out, or to replace somebody like a Bogdanovich which will be really nice for him because then he gets the experience not only being a point guard, but also being the secondary ball handler mm -hmm. um, on that team. And they can kind of figure out which role is best for him. When I look at Kobe, I see a guy that, again, he's a versatile defender. Um, he's a versatile player on offense. He can do a lot. There's a lot of potential there. You know, he went from a freshman year that was extremely frustrating to watch to him being probably not probably I, their second best player on that team last year behind mm -hmm. Hunter, um, bar none, um, and their best like perimeter player by far. Um, and you're looking at a guy that I think has all star potential, um, and, and a guy that could be a two way player, which I think is something that. Atlanta really needs when you're partnering with a Trey Young, right? Who's yeah. defense again? You're speaking of really good offensive players and really bad defensive players. Not by Trey Young's any fault of his own. Like Trey Young tries on defense. It's just that he's small and gets pushed around a lot. So you need a guard that can be kind of play a little bit bigger than his size and and, and disrupt with length. And that's what Kobe can do. I'm going to skip over what uh, I forgot to hit the slide when I had Jet last night shaking hands with the commissioner, and then I have uh, Kobe up right now. I'm going to skip over what he was dressed like last night. He looked completely different. I don't know what I don't, I don't maybe I'm not skipping over it. He had no shirt on underneath the suit, and then like his hair was doing something crazy. I don't know. He looked it was it was strange to see him like that. Hey, I, you know, sometimes people, Hey, I feel like the people that have the most interesting draft suits actually end up becoming really good, right? Is, this is like a, this is like a trend. Like if you go look at uh, NFL players that have funky, show up in funky stuff, um, you know, like you look at LeBron's draft day, like dress where he's just got the really super baggy. Yeah. Anybody that wears something funky ends up probably, you know, doing well in the league. I, there's got to be some correlation. I want somebody to come up with a statistic for that. So I'm putting, a, I'm putting a poorly. future on Grady Dick, uh, rookie of the year, then, right? Yeah, that was a weird <laughs> NBA style confuses me. Anyways, um, I felt like some of the rookies last night were trying too hard, but I, I thought Jalen Hutchifino looked fire. To yeah, be honest with you. yeah, he's coming up in just a second. I want to talk about him before I move on from Michigan guys, though. Two top 15 guys, Hunter Dickinson last year. 
You lose in the quarterfinals of, I think it was the quarterfinals of the NIT to Vanderbilt after yes. holding like an eight point lead. Didn't make the tournament. We're under like a minute and a half left. Yeah. Exactly. Didn't make the tournament. And uh, how does that happen with two top 15 draft picks and Hunter Dickinson on your team? Well, you have a mid head coach um, <laughs> and then his son decides not to play defense. <laughs> and that's how that happens. There's also a bunch of other problems with that team. I mean, like you're playing T-Well too much, if, if at all, um, on that team. He was just absolutely terrible for them. Um, they, you know, they needed Doug to be better than what he was last year, which was just an impossible task for somebody that's as young and small statured as he is um, to come in. And I thought he was actually pretty good by the end of the year. It's just a truly dysfunctional roster that needed a Terrence Shannon Jr. on it. Yeah. Right. And so they kind of got cucked by, by admissions and, um, I mean, Michigan fans will sit there mumbling about it, but I think if for the for the better of the program, this year's going to suck. They're going to get rid of Juwan, I believe, after this year and let him go. Wow. And yeah, I think I think next year you'll be looking at Michigan hiring one of the better coaches in the country because they do have an athletic department um, that is willing to spend with the best of them, and they. As a basketball program, you look around the country. There's not a lot of better basketball programs over the last 15 years than Michigan. Right. All right, let's move on to, uh, I'm going to say 1A, my favorite player from the Big Ten this year is Jalen Hood-Shafino. I talked about it at nauseum this year throughout the season, and I definitely talked about it uh, this week right before the draft. I think he was the best player that was coming out of the Big Ten. I think he has the best or the most NBA potential. I thought he was the most NBA ready of all the guys in the Big Ten, and uh I'm not surprised where he went. I'm only surprised when you look at everyone else in the Big Ten and how he went behind two other guys. That kind of surprises me. But going at 17 is not – that's about where he was getting mocked at anyways. Um, how's he going to do in L.A. next year? I'm not sure what they're, what moves they're going to make over the summer, but how do you think he's going to do? Well, I think it really honestly depends what his role is going to be next year. Because I think there's two situations. There's the situation where they re-sign Austin Reeves, and then Jalen's role is significantly diminished. Or Austin Reeves goes and gets a $50 million contract somewhere. L.A. doesn't want to match that. They move people other other places, and then Jalen comes in, and he kind of gets that Austin Reeves role. Or he kind of comes off the bench, and he's that secondary ball handler to LeBron. Um, and they kind of put him through pick and roll action with Anthony Davis and LeBron, you know, on the wing. Um, that's something that, weirdly enough, I could totally see Jalen having a breakout year like Reeves did, right? Um, and and they're very similar players in a way. They're they're um, both of them can play point, but both of them can also play off ball. I think obviously Reeves turned into like a fairly decent knockdown shooter and that's something Jalen has to work on but with I think with NBA coaching and an NBA development staff like that shot is good enough that he can figure it out and we already know it because you're high on him we both know what he does in the pick and roll you saw Indiana when they ran pick and roll with Trace Jackson Davis like it was the best set when you got Jalen coming on like with the ball downhill and and Trace also attacking um that was Indiana's offense last year almost entirely um, down the stretch of the season. And he's a guy that's better off ball. 
Like, I think he was, he's more efficient off ball. I saw a lot of people tweeting the like, uh, efficiency numbers under the tweet of, you know, the, like, Hey, Lakers have selected a 17 general history. You know, they're like all the negatives. Yeah. It's like, guys, he was playing out of position last year. Like yeah. he's not a point guard. He's a combo. He plays both. And he was forced to play pure point as a freshman in a big 10. Right. And, 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 you were forced to start that role halfway through the season after Xavier Johnson's injury. I, he was a remarkable player um, to start the year playing off ball, playing with Xavier Johnson. That was when he was actually, I feel, at his most efficient. Um, when he what didn't have to go and be that guy and have the ball in his hands at all times. And, and on this team with the Lakers, there's always going to be another ball handler out there yeah. for him. So I really like this role for him. And he's another guy. He's a six foot five guard that could switch. Um, and the Lakers desperately needed a six foot five guard that could switch in the playoffs this year because um, they were just Austin Reeves just getting cooked. So I, I, I like Jalen's defensive potential as well. He's a, you know, again, bigger guard that can move and it's got a little bit of length to him. And he's he's savvy, too. Um, so I really like his game for the NBA. And I think a lot of people are just really underestimating how important it is to have another pick and roll ball handler on the floor at all times. I think, I think that in five years from now, we're going to look back and people will regret not taking him higher. I think personally, I don't know. I just loved everything that he did this year. I thought he was instantly just jumped off the TV. And like when I saw him play live as well, he just, he just looks like the most talented player on the floor every time he plays, every time I saw him play. So um, I'm definitely cheering for him. I'm a big fan of his, so I'm hoping that he has a good career um, starting next year. Uh, next was, we're going to move right along, it was Chris Murray. Uh, went a little bit higher than I saw him projected, and he's going uh, to Portland now. Uh, he was one pick away. I noticed this last night. He was one pick away from the Kings. I don't know if the Kings would have taken him as well. That would have been hilarious. I highly doubt they would have, but... Um, it would have been great to have them on the same team, but in any uh, anyway, he goes to Portland. And uh, how's Chris going to do? I so this is a weird. This is one of those weird situations. I like this for Chris because he's going to be on a team that's going to suck. <laughs> okay. Right? They're going to be bad. I think they're trying to to trade Dame. You know, he gets to to build a relationship with uh, Scoot Henderson, uh, the number three overall pick. Um, he gets playing time and that's what he needs. Like his brother, you know, got playing time and became a significant player for the Kings, right? He needs playing time for Portland. And I think he'll become that same, like almost the same player. Like can Chris do what his brother can? Like 75%. Right? I don't think and he I, can shoot think, the three as well. I think with an NBA development staff, I think it's there. Like the mechanics are there. His brother's shown that they shoot almost damn the same way. Like okay. it, it's there. They just gotta. He's gotta iron out some stuff. He's gotta not rush a shot. It's all. Most of his stuff is just mentality. And with the right staff and and repetition, right, and getting shots up, because he's gonna play, it'll be good. So I think this is actually a a pretty decent situation for him. It's just a matter of who is he playing with? Like, who is he, is he running with Dame next year? Are they trading him? Or who are they getting back? Right? Because yeah. I could totally end up trading, let's say the trade with Miami, and now you're playing with Tyler Hero, Scoot, and now you're that third guy at the three. I, I like that situation for him a lot. 
Yeah, it'll be fun to watch that team uh, grow. They got a lot of young guys, and we'll see, like, exact. obviously, probably within the – I'm guessing within the next few weeks we'll know what's going on with Dame Lillard. So uh, we'll figure yeah. out what that team's really going to look like and what Chris is going to be able to do. All right, here's a guy that slid, I thought, uh, based on everything that I read. It was Bryce Sensiball. He's going to Utah. Um, I I liked Bryce this year. I didn't know that – I'm not an NBA talent evaluator. I didn't know that – when I started reading about him, that he was going to be or projected to be drafted as high as he was. Uh, what do you think about what Bryce did last year at Ohio State starting off? And then um, how do you think he'll play out in the uh, NBA? Funny enough, I think he's a stat stuffer. Um, I, I've never been a huge Bryce Sensible guy. <laughs> um, I felt like he was a guy that was on a losing team and played losing basketball. That was not his totally his fault but he definitely benefited from a situation where they are desperate for somebody to score points. And a lot of times he just shot them out of games. Yeah. Right. And, and it felt like a lot of his like ISO possessions were just wasted offensive possessions for Ohio state. And while he looked good and he put up numbers, I, I was not really high on him. I personally actually was surprised that he was even taken in the first round. I know he was mocked that high, but I felt like that was just people basing that off of statistics alone yeah. and not actually just watching the games. Um, I felt the exact same way. I was surprised to see him. Like when I, all the articles I was reading, I was like, really? First round? I was very surprised to see that. And then I was also surprised that Utah picked him out of all the teams. Like I, I feel like Utah's always a savvy org that takes players that like are totally underutilized for the teams and makes them better. Yeah. Um, and I felt like he was overutilized, if anything. It was like almost the inverse of whatever they do with any of their draft picks, right? Or or guys that they pick up, right? Like you think look at what Lori Markinen did for them this year. Like he's a guy who was underutilized in Chicago. They bring him in and they make him better because they give him a bigger role and they give him more confidence or whatever. Bryce Sensible, if anything, needs less confidence. Like <laughs> I, he's a he's a guy that that's just like he needs to he needs to play a role. And I'm not sure he's a role player. Um and for this Utah team, you needed to pick a player that could learn how to play a role, um, especially at this this pick. Um, and I feel like they went for a home run here, and I, I'm I'm not sure Sensabaugh is going to end up, you know, even probably playing significant minutes or even having a future with the Jazz. I feel like he's a guy that's going to end up um, sitting on the bench a lot this year, not really playing a lot, especially if they re-sign Jordan Clarkson, because I know he's not going to be playing next to Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. And, and then you're going to watch him sit on the bench for two years, then end up in the G League and then moving around. So I I don't like the situation. I think this is the one other situation where I'm like, eh, eh, I don't really like it. The Orlando situation for, for, for Jet and this one for Bryce. I think it might have been even like last night, I, I, had a, I had a sense, if you will, that they probably got to that pick and they were like, I – I don't think we were expecting him to be here still, maybe. I don't know if that, that played a role in it, and then they were like, ah, this is the best available player, or what they were really thinking at that pick either. But um, it, to me, it felt like they were he went a little bit later than what he was projected, so maybe they weren't even expecting to see him that late. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I just I hate that situation for him on a team that's – I just, I don't know. He needs the ball in his hands to be good. And he's on that team. He's not going to have the ball in his hands. Yeah. So All right. we move into the, not... sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I was, I was finished. Okay. I, I was going to say, we move into the second round, uh, right at the top of the second round. 
Again, I would say that 1A or 1B as my second or first favorite player is Jalen Pickett this year. I loved him from the minute the season started until all the way to the Big Ten tournament and further. Um, Jalen Pickett, he's going to Indiana. I don't even know. Are you a Pacers fan? Are you excited about this, or are you not a Pacers fan? I thought he was going to Denver. Oh, did that get traded? I don't know. Maybe I wrote that down wrong. I think that got traded to Denver, I'm pretty sure. I, I did have that pulled up, but uh, what do you think about Jalen Pickett while I look that up, though? I, I'm pretty sure he's going to Denver. I, I love Jalen Pickett. We, we uh, Ant and I have this this joke we call it booty ball that he yeah. plays, right? And that's the style of basketball he plays. And actually, I, if he is actually going to Denver, which I, I'm looking it up You're on right. the NBA.com. It's funny just, because I, yeah. I tweeted that last night that booty ball is going to uh, – it's mile high booty ball. That's what I said last night. Yeah, yeah, mile high booty ball. I, I love this. I, I think – We'll get to my favorite. My favorite pick is the last pick um, for situation. Yeah. This is my second favorite. Um, I think this is absolutely perfect because a lot of people aren't going to understand this when I say this, but he's the perfect backup to Jokic. Oh, really? Yes. So he's not going, he's going to play like a point, like a point forward position for them. Yeah. And he's going to come in off the bench and they're going to play through him. Right, because he's a guy who can totally. He's still going to be able to. A lot of NBA guards are like skinny, you know, fast, quick guys. Jalen's got all that, but he's also and he's got the booty element, right? Yeah. He can back guys down. He's going to back some NBA guards down, and they're going to be annoying because then they're just going to throw Christian Braun and all those guys you saw running off of screens and whatever um, uh, during the finals for Denver. They're just going to run those guys around him. Yeah. Right. And so you you have that whole offensive system of Mike, uh, our coach Malone runs there in, in Denver, and they're just gonna everything they run for Jokic, it, they're gonna run him from the high post, right? And they're gonna have him post up as a guard, and they're gonna force other teams to switch a bigger guy onto guards and a and a or a smaller guy onto to bigger guys and a bigger guy onto their guard so they can guard Jalen Pickett, That's right? Genius. And so this is just a weird offensive thing, and then. On the defensive end, he's a dog. So I I like this pick for Denver. I think he's going to be fun. I think he'll be in the league for a long time. And he's going to be a guy – I don't think he's ever going to start, but he's totally going to be like one of those rock star bench guys that's always just on a winning team. That's an interesting uh, take on that to think about what they can do with their offense because immediately when I saw him even just get picked at all, I was like – I wonder what he's going to do to have to change his game for the NBA. But if you the way you're saying it, you're saying the NBA is going to have to change for him, and I love that, man. I love it. Yeah, absolutely, because what he does is damn near unstoppable. And, look, there were teams you had – they threw their best defender on him, and he still still went to town every single time. And he's going to do that in, in, in the NBA too. There will be tough matchups for him, of course. You know, you, you throw him up against Golden State. You see what the, the those guys have now, um, sticking up maybe like Draymond or something on him in, in reduced minutes. But he's going to be, again, especially against NBA bench guys, a force. Like that that guy, you you get a you know a correct matchup going, you get the correct lineup going, he's going to be fun. He's, and he's going to be good for minute one. In Denver. I, need, I need Steve Kerr coming out after the game saying, this is unguardable. I mean, we can't. Yeah, that's what he's gonna say. Yeah, you can't guard that. It's it's the funniest, but like most broken basketball strategy I think I've seen in a long time. 
I think Brad Underwood is still uh, having nightmares about it. Um, the the next guy that was picked was also from Penn State. It was Seth Lundy. He's going to Atlanta. Um, great shooter. I loved how he finished the year, especially he was hitting some big shots. Does uh, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen with him next year? Does he? I don't. For some reason, I don't foresee him having a long career in the NBA. Is that a bad take? That is a bad take. He's oh, a okay. Tell me. He's a three and D wing with length, um, and and a guy that I think in a league that just needs shooters. Every team just needs shooters. I mean, he's one of the best jump shooters. He might have even been the best jump shooter in the league last year, in my opinion, outside of Joey Hauser. Him and Joey might have been the best jump shooters in the league, in my opinion, just from you know takes uh, like makes and takes um, wise. I. I loved Seth Lundy, and I even I like this pick even more because he's a guy you can just float out there and put next to uh, DeAndre Hunter. You can put him next to a uh, Trey Young. You can put him next to um, Kobe Buffett. Yeah, any of the other guys uh, in Atlanta, and he just makes that team's floor spacing better. And, and I like that he will play. I think from game one. Okay, so you think you actually think that he'll be in the starting lineup before, or maybe not the starting lineup. Not in the starting lineup, but he'll be in a significant rotation piece. Yeah. Like before Kobe even, or no? I think him and Kobe will probably play the same amount of minutes. In fact. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. Last guy. You talked about how much you like this spot for him. It's uh trace Jackson Davis. I think, um, and I said this on Tuesday when I released the last podcast, I think teams were, I, I don't know if this is true or not, He's an older guy. He's played longer than some of these other guys, but he is a freaking really good player, and I'm surprised. Uh, I talked about Bryce sliding a little bit. This was a ginormous slide in my eyes. I can't believe some of the players that got taken in front of him, um, but he does still get drafted the second-to-last pick of the draft by Washington and then traded to, I believe, Golden State. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Yes, um, so Trace is in the league. He did get drafted. Um, he would have got signed anyways if he didn't get drafted. But um, what do you think about that placement? Golden State getting much older. They drafted one of the older players. Um, how do you think he'll do next year? I He's perfect. This is the perfect pick. I He could not have ended up in a better situation, in my opinion. He could not have. Like This is a, this is a franchise that need, desperately needs somebody that is a backup center. Yeah. Right. And they already have the death lineup. And, and more importantly, he's a guy that can play make from the center position. When you have one of the best off ball running around point guards in the entire league. Yeah. Right. Like you have Steph Curry. Right. Like he doesn't need the ball. Right. And so you, you, you look at a team that, you know, Draymond's getting older. Um, you know, Looney needs help. Right. Because a lot of times, you know, he was just either getting in foul trouble or just gassed. Right. Because they didn't have anybody. And they wanted James Wiseman to be that guy. Yeah. And James Wiseman's not that. Trace is going to come in from minute one. He's going to play a role and he's not going to have to score. I, I don't even think he has to put up a shot, but his defense, his rim protection, um, his versatility on defense, being able to guard multiple positions um, and being small and quick as he is. Um, he's like almost the perfect complement on that team. And then you add in the fact you're putting him on a, on a team that just develops shooters. Like mm-hmm. they, they, they take guys that have funky shots and turn them into good shooters. 
I, I does it would it surprise me if Trace is taking corner threes by the end of the next season? No, no, it would not. And so this is a situation where he could totally go from third to last pick of the draft to starting in next the next three years for it, Golden State and being being an important guy in that rotation. Um, and honestly, like you're gonna see some of the basketball heads, and I'll let you talk here in a second, but I, I you're gonna see a lot of the basketball heads, like you're gonna like Kevin O'Connor. Um, you know, any of the, the analytic nerds, right. They're going to, they're going to love him from like day one in golden state. Cause he's going to come off the bench. He's going to give them good pick and roll. He's going to set good screens. He's going to be there on defense at all times, help side, whether it, you know, primary defender on, on a, a five or playing the four for them. Um, and he's going to pass the ball really well. Yeah. And so all those numbers are just gonna, they're going to jump off the page from minute one, and you put around some of the better players in the league, like the Clay Thompsons and Steph Curry's, and now you have Chris Paul running pick and roll with him. He's going to be put in a, a position to succeed from day one. And he's on the, like you said, you made this point as well, but on a team that every time I think of Golden State, you obviously, everyone knows Steph Curry, everybody knows Clay Thompson, what they're going to do. But in the playoffs, it seems like they're a team that, out of nowhere, just some random dude will get 25 or get, you know, 18. And you're like, where the hell did that come? I mean, anyone that can make Draymond Green a scorer in playoff games and they can utilize him correctly, um, mm-hmm. I think that you're right. Trace is going to fit in really well there. It's going to be a good fit for him. Everybody on that team shares the ball. Yeah. And last year, Trace's best th- – like, honestly, the best thing he did last year – and, and the most improved thing was sharing the ball. Yeah. Right. And having the ball in his hand and being the guy that, that they played through uh, that I played through last year. And he gets to do that again in golden state in as, as a rookie, right. Yeah. Cause they're going to put the ball in his hands and, and run Curry around circles around him. And then he just has to throw the ball correctly. Um, and Curry's going to get a three pointer and he's going to look like a genius. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it, man. I think it's a great pick, too. Um, all right, before I let you go, a few guys that did not get drafted, I'm just going to have you pick one of them and talk about maybe what which one you think is going to be the most impactful uh, going forward, maybe even the next couple of years. You already mentioned Joey Hauser, and this is all stuff that I pulled up right before we started recording, so if this stuff is incorrect, then um, maybe you can correct me or someone else can, but he got signed by Utah, uh, Matthew Mayer by Houston. Uh, my guy... Chase Audige is going down to Miami, Caleb McConnell, OKC. And then I also listed Marcus Carr and Liam Collins just, just for fun because they used to be in the – or I'm sorry, Liam Collins, Liam, Liam Robbins because they used to be in the Big Ten. But um, any of those four guys that I just mentioned, I might have missed a guy or two there. Like I said, I did it right before we started recording. Um, are any of those guys like someone you're circling to keep an eye on for the next couple of years? Well, you forgot Brandon Pozemski, uh, the Illini legend, Brandon Pozemski. I don't remember him. Like, yeah, so he was a bench guy for the Illini, and then he transferred to Santa Clara and then averaged like 20 points per game and got drafted in the, the I believe, the, the late first round, early second. Oh, did he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, so okay, because he, was, he wasn't a current Big Ten player. That's why I didn't mention I No, he wasn't. Yeah, I'm just making fun of you adding Marcus Carr. Okay, yeah, Carr, I, I, also yeah. Didn't, I also didn't mention uh, Amani Bates did get drafted as well, former That's Michigan true. State player. Yeah, former Michigan State commit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Michigan State legend, Amani Bates. Yes, uh, definitely. <laughs> I, 
personally, out of the three guys um, that were left over, I I kind of like the Chase Audish to yeah. Miami thing. I, I think that makes sense. Like Miami loves the guys that um, are either defensive first or three-point shooters. Yeah. And Audish is, is, is defensive first. Now, they got to fix his shot because, my God, it's it, – my eyes bleed every time he shoots the ball. I and I have this joke. We have no idea how the ball goes in anytime he shoots it, but it goes in. Talk um, about my boy like that, man. His shot's fine. He made enough shots. No, his shot is terrible, but <laughs> it goes in. So if they can like kind of fix it, you know, make it a little bit more consistent. He's totally a guy I can see in the league because he, he length for days, bro. Mm-hmm. His arms go from here to Timbuktu, um, and. And he's a, such a, a disruptive defender, um, and that'll fit right in with the Miami system. And, and Miami does so well with the undrafted guys. Yeah. Um, so I could totally see Chase Aldish being one of those guys. It's like, hey, remember Chase Aldish from Northwestern? Well, now he's playing significant minutes in the NBA Finals game for Miami, yeah. right? Like, Gabe Vincent wasn't Gabe Vincent. He got into Miami and, and yeah. figured it out. Same thing with Max Struess, you know, another guy that played in Chicago. Right. So you could totally see, I could totally see Audige blossom into a decent NBA player. I could also totally see him not ever playing a minute for Miami, but it goes, yeah, it goes both ways. Yeah. I was bummed that he wasn't coming back. I was such a fan of his this year, but, um, you know, he's got to make decisions for him and his family. Um, I do want to wrap it up though. So, uh, Matt, once again, thank you so much for coming on, chatting about these guys that just got drafted, some of the guys that did not and got signed. Uh, really appreciate your insight. You got a lot of knowledge about way more about the NBA than I do for sure. Um, tell everybody what you got, what you got coming up, where they can find you once again. And, um, what's, what's going on the rest of the summer for you? Yeah. So right now I, I'm, uh, I'm out in Utah working in Zion National Park. I'll be out here until about August. And then you can probably catch me and Ant back at it again, uh, with the Big Ten Coast to Coast podcast that's on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, we'll probably be doing one about next week. You can also catch me at the Hoosier Sound if you want to listen to more IU-flavored stuff. I'm actually doing a podcast right after this um, with my guy Nithin um, and the Indian HQ guys. Um, that'll be up probably either tonight or tomorrow, and that's, again, on YouTube, Spotify, or, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and then other than that, I mean, just check me out on Twitter. Awesome, man. Thank you so much once again for coming on, and uh, hopefully I can get you back on during actual basketball season. We could talk about what what else is going on in the Big Ten once it gets started again. Absolutely. I look forward to it. Kent, thanks for having me. Awesome, dude. We'll talk to you later. All right. See ya.